been amazing. So I'm primarily in pre-K to eighth grade, and it looks different when an author comes to pre-K than it does to middle school, but kids meet authors. Welcome to the Lifelines podcast, brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. I'm Marina Aris. And I'm Diane Fenner. And we're your hosts. This is the podcast for book creators, book lovers, and literary ambassadors. Join us each week as we explore the writing life the art and the business of creating great books. Today we have Michelle Weissman, who is the founder and executive director of Meet the Writers, Inc. Meet the Writers is a nonprofit that supports literacy by connecting inspiring authors with students in New York City schools. Before founding Meet the Writers, Michelle spent 25 years engaged in product development with some of the most respected names in children's publishing. Well, I'd like to say it's in pre-K to 12th grade, but really we're focused on pre-K to 8th grade. Right now I'm in about 16 schools, uh, elementary school and middle school. And it looks different depending on where the author is. So do you run around to 16 schools every week? Well, not every week, although I'd love to. Last year we did 32 author visits Wow! in 12 schools. This coming year, I'm hoping that we're going to be in 20 schools across all five boroughs. That's okay. great. This well, was your brainchild? You started this? Yeah, let's, let's talk about how it started and, and what, t- tell us more about this is something you started. So what was your motivation for starting Meet the Writers? What was your vision and, uh, and your mission, if you have one as well? So I guess I'll tell you that uh, for 25 years I did work in children's publishing. I worked on magazines for children and I thought I was helping literacy. But about three years ago I wanted to shift my career and focus on literacy more directly. So I took it on myself. I started as a volunteer with this one school and it was amazing. Uh, we started, I said to the principal, we could plan or we could start. He said, let's start. Okay, great. I said, great. I said, I could, and so we started. I How did you start? Who was the, the first, do you remember who the first author was? So the was? first author I'd love to tell you about was Tori Maldonado. Tori wrote a book called Secret Saturdays. It was about his experience growing up in the Red Hook projects. Wow. I read the book, the principal read the book, and we said, yes, let's ask Tori to come. Was this on a major publishing label? Was it on a major publishing label? That's a good question. I so don't these, know who publishes Secret these Saturdays. These are published books. Yes, published books. They're not books. books that the individual students are writing in school. No, these are published books by published authors. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll add it to the show notes and we'll know all about it once we look it up. But that's, I, Tori I see actually, the cover. Yeah. It's a great cover. Yeah, yeah. Tori recently has a new book out called Tight. We should have Tori probably on the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah Tori would be amazing. Yeah. He's great. Right. He's a mediator. He's so a teacher at MS88. So I invited Tori in. But before Tori comes, there's a lot that goes on. The school needs to say, yes, we want to have this author come. And in fact, we're going to prepare. Our students are going to read the book. Oh, if they great. can read the book, they're going to read the book. Perhaps it's read to them. Maybe right. it's an audio book. So they're prepared. So they're ready for Tori to come. And Tori has an amazing story. He talked about growing up in the Red Hook Projects and how his mother wanted him to be a pacifist. And his father wanted him to pass his fist. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And he had to reconcile these dueling imperatives. How did the kids like it? They loved it. 
Some kids came up to him. The kids mobbed him afterwards. <laughs> Some kids were like, Tori, I know I was supposed to read your book. <laughs> I didn't read your book, but now I've got to read your book. Yeah. And so it really... How long was his presentation and what is the presentation like for the kids? Because I imagine since it's a younger audience, you may have to um, prepare differently, talk to them differently. How did that go? So this was at a middle school. And well, I'll say in general, the visits last about three hours. Usually there are three presentations. And depending on where the authors are going, they look different. At this middle school, they decided they wanted to have a cookie reception for Tori with kids who are really into it. So we had a small cookie reception where kids are sitting across the table, ask Tori personal or other questions about writing. And then Tori presented to the whole grade. He presented to every seventh grader. And there he tells his story, and then he also takes questions. At the end, he signed books, he signed notebooks. It sounds like a wonderful project, but I'm really interested from your end of it. It sounds like a lot of work. It's not unusual for me to hear of a mother who pours a lot of work into her child's school, but you're out doing it in the much wider school district, other schools, and it's a lot of work. Right, so it's, it changed from my being a volunteer to becoming um, a nonprofit. So with the help of the Fordham Law Clinic, I was a case in the fall of 2016. I had two student, third-year student lawyers. They helped me get incorporated, write bylaws, get a board, get 501c3 status wow. from September to December. Did you approach them to do this? I did approach them. I said, I'd love to be a case for your clinic, and they said, you're on. And That's because great. you felt like you had something exciting and you wanted to get more professional with that. I did, and I wanted to figure out how to fundraise. Right. So I've had some success fundraising. This year, in December, I was a Brooklyn Public Library's Power Up Business Plan competition winner. That's great. So That's great. a mouthful. That's so great. So I got some funding. That's so great. I got I, some... how, how did that go? Tell us a little bit about that contest. So the Brooklyn Public Library, their Business and Career Center, I think it is, sponsors a business plan competition. There's nine parts. It's a big project. It helped me learn a lot, actually, about the market. I, I learned a lot about the Department of Ed. I learned a lot, and I could talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah. But as a result of the competition, I got some funding, and I was able to dovetail that funding into some more funding. Yes, I got $5,000. I was second place. Great. I got some visibility. And a lot of people probably don't know that the public libraries are doing that. The public library has so many resources. In addition to being a great place to get books to read, it's a fantastic place to figure out how to write a business plan, yeah, yeah. learn about media, learn about public speaking. It's a fantastic resource. Do you go back and do workshops with them or do other things I have with them? done yeah. a workshop, yes. That's great. Them. And there were a lot of workshops they offered as part of their power-up competition. They offer free consultations with people in the business community. I met with people at the Business Outreach Center in to Brooklyn. To give you advice about yes, your got, business plans? I went a number of times. They gave me advice. I met with people at Bed-Stuy Restoration who gave me advice. I'm curious, um, would they do that with aspiring writers or only aspiring business people? That's a good question. I don't know the answer. I think it depends on, I would imagine it's a case-by-case -case basis. Yeah. Let's talk about the kids for a moment. Yeah. Why? What do you see as, the, what are the benefits or the biggest benefit for the kids who are being exposed to these authors? 
It's been amazing. So I'm primarily in pre-K to eighth grade, and it looks different when an author comes to pre-K than it does to middle school, but kids meet authors, and kids meet authors who might look like them or might look like their cousin or their mother. I put a lot of effort into attending events like the Brooklyn Book Festival, like the new Bronx Book Festival, like the New York City Teen Author Festival where I meet authors and I hear them speak and I know if they're going to be a dynamic presenter and then I could read their book and see if they've written a great book. And then I try to match that up with the schools. Right. Are you looking only at young adult books, or are you also looking at... So I'm looking at picture books, uh, chapter books, middle grade books, young adult books. Okay. Right. I look at them all. And what are the kids... And so what are the kids? That was your question. So I'm thinking, yeah, so I I would assume for 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 kids, you know, authors and just about anybody who's got their name printed or seen yeah. somewhere as a celebrity, more That's so right. than for, for adults, right? So for them, it must be like, wow, this person wrote a book. It's true. Here. I mean, what's amazing, I think, is that these authors become celebrities. I send a poster file in advance of the visit that I ask the school to post. And when the author comes in, the kids know in advance, they recognize the author, it's very exciting. There's a lot of excitement. Part of the excitement is by the educators, by the teachers. The Mm -hmm. teachers get excited. They're excited to meet Betsy Lewin. They're excited to read um, Sonia Manzano is coming. They can't believe it. So the the educators, the school gets very excited. And then the the kids get very excited. Sure, it translates to the kids. And so kids often prepare questions. In first grade, it might be a question to Betsy Lewin. Oh, you lived across from a farm? Right. In mm-hmm. middle school, kids ask questions that maybe you and I would Wait. be too polite to ask. Right, right, right. So, do you make any money? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of body language. It's pretty right. closed it's, when they start, yeah. and it changes as the authors speak. It sounds like it's grown fairly quickly. Do you have five and ten year horizons? Do you see yourself continuing to grow? Is there a model that you want to keep it at a certain size? I'd like to grow. That's a big question. When I started, I was doing this half-time. Last year, I was doing it full-time. This year, definitely (laughs) full-time. Double full-time. I'm trying to envision growth. I'm meeting someone later today who might be a possible intern. I'm looking for people so... I do the programming, I meet the authors, I read the books, I keep the budget, I do the fundraising. Okay, so what are you going to use help with those things? Yeah. And so I'm, I'd love to expand. I'm getting help from with social media. People yeah. have been very generous with advice and their time. I guess I'd like to talk about what I've done with some of the money that I've raised. Yes, please do. Please. Yes. So in addition to the money from the Brooklyn uh, Power Up competition, I got some money from M&T Charitable Foundation. They were a funder of the Power Up competition and then kicked in some more money to support Meet the Writers. Fantastic. I also got money from the Mary Duke Biddle Foundation. I've gotten money from an organization called APG Asset Management that started off by giving me $3,000 in Barnes & Noble gift cards. Wow. Wow, that's nice. And so one of the things I used the money for is to buy books. So my vision, the vision for the organization is to give books so a kid gets a book signed by the author for every author visit. Oh, 
And so last year I reached more than 4,000 students and I gave away a thousand books. That's amazing. So there's a little bit of a mismatch. I'd like to bring that together sure. so that when I'm reaching 4,000 kids, I could give away 4,000 books. How are the uh, books being distributed? Are they, the, the, does the school library maybe take some of the copies so that they can rotate? So I, Meet the Writers buys the books for the students, okay. and then when the author's there, they, they personalize them. Got it. And then kids... So they run out, is what you're saying? Well, however, they tell me however many they need. Maybe right. they need 100 books for a grade. Right. Maybe they need 275 books. Right. I recently had author E.B. Zavoy, a, a National Book Award winner in Brooklyn, and she had the unpleasant task of having to sign 275 books. Oh, wow. But each kid got a book to keep. Michelle, do you come from this with a background in publishing, a background in teaching, or, or a background in just being an avid reader? So I'm a passionate reader. Okay. It took me, and I have a background in publishing, but I realized once I was uh, well into this that reading was really important for me. As a middle schooler, I started to read. I felt like it opened up the world for me. It wasn't something that I was raised to do. My parents, my sister sat around and watched TV. We weren't a family of readers, but I had friends who were readers and I realized it was really important to me, and I'm an, and I'm an avid reader today. I read literally more books in a year, I think, than, than a month many, than people I, read in a year. Yeah, so I do keep a list. I think I read between 50 and 100 books a year. That's fantastic. Yeah, That's so. really great. But I think what's especially interesting is that you found your way towards growing this professional organization. Um, you're a 501c3. I am. So you've got a lot of business... Um, issues that you have to either already know or figure out fast. That's true. I, it has been a lot of figuring out fast yeah. on a need-to-know basis. Right. I, and mostly you, except now you're bringing on an intern and thankfully you found some organizations to help, but it's been mostly So many people have been very helpful. I've worked with the Department of Ed's Middle School Quality Initiative, MSQI, for the past three years, I've helped program their end-of-year event. It's called Roundtables. Educators get together and talk about best practices, and they've asked me to bring authors. So I bring three young adult authors. I moderate the panel. I'm allowed to give a workshop. I'm invited to give a workshop about Meet the Writers, and that's helped grow sort of my middle school uh, school base. I'm surprised. Are you one of several organizations that partner up with schools? Or um, are you sort of unique in that? Because when I think about schools, I think they're fairly self-contained, and for them to be partnering up with community organizations may be an area that I'm not familiar with. It's grown a lot lately. I don't know. There are many, many organizations that support literacy all over the country, all over the city. There's so many organizations in the city. Three plus years in, I'm still learning about new organizations. <laughs> But I do feel that we're doing something unique. Okay. You know, it's interesting bringing authors. I, there's sometimes there's curriculum around what happens. Schools prepare by reading the book. Afterwards, there might be activities that derive from uh, authors that they meet. At one school in Brooklyn, they wrote a book called Hungry by H.A. Swain, a dystopia about food and food issues. The kids read two thirds of the book and they stopped. 
and they each wrote each sixth grader wrote their own ending to the book. Wow. That's then they published the they took a picture of the student author and they published all the kids' endings. And then they so met H.A. Um, Swain, and they could was, talk about it. It was fantastic. That, that was really some creative teacher's yes, lesson plan idea. Fantastic. Yes, yes. yes. And so what are the benefits for you? I mean, I see you, and we see you, and you're lighting up. I mean, this is obviously something that you're passionate about. Yes. What are, what are all the benefits for you? Why do you? How do you get the motivation and the energy to keep this thing going? I guess I find it so moving. There's a lot of uh, logistics. I love being with the author community. I love meeting authors, but it's amazing to be there when an author is speaking to the kids and the kids are wide-eyed. Maybe they've never met an author before or then they go to like to touch the author, could talk to the author. Sometimes kids talk about their own story that they feel like, oh, I've, I've never met anyone like you or I've never heard any story like that and that's really my life. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm growing up where I need to balance being a pacifist and being a fighter. I'm growing up where I'm not being understood. It's, it's been very, very moving uh, being in the schools. So I feel like it's my thing to do. I don't know. I mean, it, that's, it that's took wonderful. Me, it's, not, not everyone yeah. find, figures that out for themselves. I'd so like to figure to... out how to make it grow, sure. how to make it more sustainable. How many years has it been now? So I'd say it's three plus years. I went from being a volunteer to being paid by Meet the Writers. Well, we'll put out a announcement right now that anybody who thinks they might want to play a role in helping uh, being a volunteer or being on staff should contact you. That would be fantastic. Yes. And and we are, I promised, when I met Michelle last uh, early this year, early this year we met, and um, th- what we have in common is Toastmasters. Right. I used to be a member of the group that Michelle is still a member of, Bryant Park Toastmasters. Um, I have a lot of love for them. They're really special to me. Um, so me wonderful too. to see that you're there now and that there's a whole new community of speakers. But um, the thing is that we are trying our best, Diane and I, to showcase and highlight um, the work of people like you as well as authors and on the website I have promised that I would dedicate a page to organizations that we support and, and we're happy to add you to that. That would be fantastic. Well. I have a question. What advice would you have to somebody who's kind of taken with an idea and wanted to do a startup? You've been down that road. What were some of the things that were shocking to you, that were hard for you, that were inspiring for you, helpful to you? If you were to give advice to somebody who is thinking about starting up their own brand new idea and making a business out of it, what would you suggest to them? Oh, you weren't prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for that question. (laughs) I think the Brooklyn Power Up competition was very instrumental. Yeah. Talking to... Um, talking to these people in the community who are helping providing business advice was really key. Plus, I, I've spoken to interns and students I, different through Toastmasters and through Meet the Writers, and I feel like the answer kind of is, do you want to, I feel like the answer is yes. You know, kind of like improv. Yes, and yes. I'm gonna, you're going to figure it out. I feel like if it's something you're passionate about. I mean, I I have kids who I say, 
don't ask what the world needs. Right. Ask what makes you light up, because yeah. what the world needs is people who are lit up. And yeah. I, I guess I, that's my advice. I actually went to the, um, I was in the bookstore just the other day, and I was with the kids, and this is kind of fun when this happens, when you're with your kids and you're looking at books, and then I get excited. I'm right, excited about right, I think that's the best way. So we picked up a book called Kid Normal. Kid Normal, I'm pretty sure it's Kid Normal. And it's just about this, this kid who gets accepted into like a superhero school. Oh, He's the great. only one who doesn't have superpowers, and they don't know what to do with this kid. Right. And so we're reading it now, we're on chapter five. But I'm thinking, this is so much fun, and so I'd like to... If my girls let me, I'd certainly like to keep reading to them in yeah. middle school. That's cool. I'd like to say a little bit about um, the Department of Ed. Please do. Good and things. Then, uh, all right. Go yeah, good it. things, actually. Go. I, I mean, one, something I learned, I mean, part of the power of competition was doing research. And it was, I was amazed to learn that there are 1.1 million students in the New York City school system. And there's 1,600 public schools. And of the 1,600 public schools, 1,300 are Title I. What does Title I mean? We don't know. Yeah, so Title I means that the school, the kids are eligible for free lunch, and there's a certain cutoff. And in New York City, excluding Scotten Island, but in New York City, at least 60% of the kids are eligible for free lunch. So there's 1,300 schools where 60% of the kids are eligible for free lunch. And that's really the target for Meet the Riders. That's where we've been. We're really trying to serve schools that don't have a program like it. And often it's a school that has Title I status. That's great. And schools get money to pay through their Title I budget. And so that's been you know, a good way to pay for the program. Well, I imagine that you have also had to develop contacts with publishing houses and publishers. Do they send you free copies or give you some you know, suggestions for who to have as a writer? Yeah, that's one of the surprises is that the publishers, I think, get inundated by requests and have not been as forthcoming with free copies. I do get about 50% discount. Meet the Writers is a nonprofit and also tax exempt. And so we get a, a pretty deep discount. Where do you order your books from? I'm just curious. So I do order directly from the publishers. From the publishers? Yeah, so okay. right now I have someone named Jim St. Germain who wrote an amazing book called A Stone of Hope. He's going to a school, IS-238, in um, Hollis, Queens. And I just yesterday ordered 100 copies of A Stone of Hope for school. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have very many of your writers who are still in school? I mean, uh, he's not in school. Okay. Yeah, he will be going to the school. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Because um, I don't typically think of writers as still being in school, although... Marina and I just recently interviewed a writer who is a college student, um, but I she's thought so that was cool. kind of an anomaly. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, she was great. She read her first book out. Uh, Who's that? Hallie Gordon. Oh, Hallie Gordon. We'll hook you up. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I just had, it's funny, at the Middle School Quality Initiative Conference, I just had Karen Bow, who wrote Dove Rising, and wrote that when she was a college student. So wait, you're reading, let, let me ask you this. Yes, you're I'm reading everything. So you're reading young adult, what else do you like to read? Well, so I read everything from picture books to adult. Okay, what my, do you like on my the My bookshelves are kind of crazy. So, my, my favorite yeah. book, my favorite recent book is by uh, Jasmine Ward, okay. Sing Unburied Sing, which won the it? National Book Award, yeah. and it was yeah. fantastic. Okay. I mean, I, the language was incredible. So what do you do? So your typical work week is you burn 
burn, burn Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, nobody finds you. You're just like behind a wall of books. Or no, how's it been working? I feel like it's uh, sort of. 24-7, but not tw yeah. solidly 24-7. Next to your bed, next to your work Oh yeah, I've got books. In your bag, you've got a book. I've got a book Fully in my different. bag now, yes. What do you have in your bag now? I've got The Jumbies by Tracy Baptiste. Okay. What Tracy's is this? a Brooklynite. Is this a YA or a... I would say it's middle grade. Middle grade. Tracy could correct me. Tracy's going to be coming to... Where is she going this year? She's going to be going to PS15 okay. in Red Hook. Do any of your authors go to more than one school? Yes, sometimes they do. Okay. Sometimes I have an author go to a few schools. We've had Adam Gidwitz, a middle grade author who wrote, just came out with Unicorn Rescue Society, has been to a few schools. Soon I'm going to be up to speed with yeah. all these middle guys. Betsy <laughs> Lewin, yeah, a few other authors. Betsy <laughs> Lewin, okay. the illustrator okay. of Click Clack Moo. Do you pay the authors or is it are So they there volunteer? is a fee for the authors. Okay. The authors get paid us. You know, a modest honorarium. Right. Okay. I've actually had authors come from far away too, not just local. I've had authors from Tennessee, Colorado, Maine. Yes. I don't pay airfare, okay. but I've been known to pay for car service. Not me, but Meet the Writers doesn't pay for airfare, but does pay car service from LaGuardia. Okay. I had an author from Ohio who took a flight at four in the morning to come to a school in Brooklyn, and uh, Meet the Writers paid for car service. So let's talk about the benefits for the authors. What do yeah. you think those are? I think this this author, for example, Mindy McGinnis, who came from Ohio, she wrote Not a Drop to Drink, a, a dystopia about water issues, a middle grade book. And I heard through the grapevine that it was an amazing experience for her because the kids were super prepared. She said, you know, I don't really have a PowerPoint. I said, that's fine. Just introduce yourself. Five minutes, the kids have a lot of questions. And it was electric. Well, the educators were very excited, but the kids were really excited too. They had copies of her book that had lots of post-its, lots of questions. That must be, can you imagine being that author it was in front amazing. of all these children? And all I'm kind of curious about um, the bigger questions of education policy. Have you ever had a problem where you were expected to not censor, but you know, carefully select within criteria set by administrators have you ever had any interface with the administration that was no never and it's a great question I can't speak for the Department of Ed as a whole but I read the books as I've said and usually someone the principal reads the book the literacy specialist the AP reads the book so everyone's on the same page and knows what's in the book Often the books have things in them, especially in middle school. Well, it sounds like yeah. there was a little bit of an environmental awareness yes. push in the last one you mentioned. At least. Sometimes there are other things in the books. But the books really grab the kids. They're like, oh, yeah, there's books that we have. And I don't really feel like reading that. This book I really want. We're excited to read. And how do the books, how does your program compete or get in, sort of get blended into the curriculum because typically right this the teachers have lesson plans they know you know kids are going to read you know Harper Lee they're going to right. read you know Roger Kipling they've got to read right. all of these other things so how, how do they squeeze you into their program so they want meet the writers in their school and either they request a book we really want this author they uh, like the school in Brooklyn really wanted Minnie, Mindy McGinnis they knew they were reading this book and they really wanted her to come from Ohio and I said okay I'll try to get her or I could recommend a book. 
And so it works either way. So, so I've done a lot time. this summer. This summer has been a big time to make connections with schools and figure out who's going to come for pre-K, who's going to come for second grade. Maybe we should have Liz Mann come, who wrote a book called The Brooklyn Bridge, for our bridge study. Maybe we should have Adam Gidwitz come, because we're studying mysteries, and we'll read Unicorn Rescue Society. Maybe we just want kids to be excited about books, and we're going to have Tiffany D. Jackson back, who wrote Allegedly. And so that's how it works. So either Meet the Writers recommends, either I recommend, or school requests. Do you continue to hear from kids afterward? Do you have any kind of you know, follow-after um, that you use to evaluate, or just uh, there's this one contact and then you're on to the next? I like to, I, schools, and we, I collaborate with schools to try to create this culture, and we try to have an author come for each grade. And then if we come back the next year, then we come for each grade again, and then another author comes. Right. So kids see these posters in the schools, and they know, oh, maybe I'm going to meet this author this time. Maybe I'm going to meet them next year. Right. I feel like there's a lot of excitement as the authors start to come to the schools. And what was your question? <laughs> I just wondered about evaluations and follow-ups. Ah, that's do what I wanted to talk about. Do you have any feedback as to um, So what? I do get feedback. So I get feedback via quotes from students. I got this really great quote from a student I'd like to read. Please. My favorite part of the whole thing was that the author gave us good advice. She said, do not think, just barf your ideas on the page. Get the ideas down, and then you can always go back and make them better. So students, I get great quotes from students. How old would you think that's? So that was a middle school student. Okay. I get great quotes from authors. I get great feedback from teachers, assistant principals. I also do this fun po uh, poll at the end. I have this poster that says, you just met author, let's say you just met author David Adler, who wrote the Cam Jansen series. Would you like to read another book by David? Yes, maybe no. And each kid gets a red sticky dot they could put on a poster. And I have these wonderful oh, posters yeah. that are just filled with yes. Oh, wow. Now, my board doesn't think they're statistically sound, but I think they are <laughs> certainly valid. They are just sure. fantastic. That is a form of feedback. Exactly fantastic right. artifacts. Yes. It doesn't sound like there's any negative to it. Are there any areas where you have problems or where you have to balance between competing tensions that you even would respect and would want to, you know, stay away from? Well, I guess there is certainly a struggle for funding. That I'd, I'd love to have more funding to be able to buy, to provide a book for every kid to take home. I can't always get an author at the time where it exactly dovetails with the school's curriculum. I recently had Cynthia Lord from Maine that was requested by a school, but she couldn't come when the school wanted her but she could come another time, and so she visited another school. And so that's a little, I wish, you know, I wish I could make a perfect match of when the author, sometimes I meet an author and we connect and they live in Brooklyn and then they move to Louisiana. Or they, right. you know, they, things, right. lives change, things change, so I know. You've never had a parent who objected to a book or someone who said that this program wasn't supposed to be doing what it's doing. Never. I hope to never. <laughs> Schools are pretty excited about it. That's great. Yeah. 
Well, let's talk then. Um, so you've been at it three years, and your goal then is to expand the program to as many of these schools as you can. Yes. How many people do you need to help you? <laughs> How big a team do you need to pull this off? I don't know. You don't I know. don't know. It's a lot of work, right? Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a fantastic job, and we commend you on everything you've accomplished. Um, feel free to share with us, since we normally have our on the hooks, uh, I'm sorry, the written word segment. We've reworded our, we've renamed our segment. We sometimes at the end have the author, um, who is our guest, read something. Um, since in your case you're not doing um, that, would there be something that you want to wrap up with by reading to, or just paraphrasing? Well, I'd love to read a quote from yeah. an assistant sure. principal. Well, actually, I have two great quotes, but I'll read one from an assistant principal who said, the kids read the book differently, knowing they would get to meet the writer. I am forever indebted to you for coming to our school and helping to build a culture of reading. And who said that? So that was Mackenzie Great, an assistant principal at a school in Cypress Hills, Brooklyn. Can I add one more? I'd love to add. Yes, sure, sure. I'd love to end with yes. Mark Kurlansky's quote. Mark Kurlansky writes books for adults. He also wrote a graphic novel for kids called World Without Fish. And he came to this school, I'm not going to get too political after the election, a little bummed out. And he, he wrote, I was very moved by those kids. And I think what we need to do is educate them so they can become a power in the world. Almost every one of their questions was about how to do better. And I think he was just really moved by his experience at this school. And that is hopeful um, when you hear somebody say that all of the kids' questions were about how to do better. And there is something about dealing with kids at that age, in particular in middle school, when they bring you right up sharp against the big questions that you have long ago compromised or written out. That's right. And um, it's exciting dealing with kids and readers in, in middle school. So I can hear it. It's infectious. I can hear it in your voice when you talk about it. Okay, well, Michelle, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about Meet the Writers and anything about your programs. Obviously, we will add to the show notes anything you'd like to share with our listeners, but um, feel free to tell them how to reach you. Or yes, anything. so feel free. Please look at our website, meetthewriters.org. Okay. We have a Facebook page. You could like it and follow us. Getting on Instagram, Twitter. Love help in that direction, but please... Meet the Check, writers. Meet the writers. Check us out. Meet the writers. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thanks, you. Marina. Thanks, Thanks Diane. Thank you. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a review. It'll help us keep bringing you great content. For show notes, upcoming events, and to participate in the Brooklyn Writers Project community, head on over to our website at www.brooklynwritersproject.com. Questions or comments? Send them to contact at lifelinespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Lifelines, the books podcast has been brought to you by the Brooklyn Writers Project. Music for this podcast has been provided by Anthony Nuda of Noble Sense Productions.